This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. I want to talk with you about following Jesus in our last step of following Jesus. Now, there's a scripture in Luke chapter 9, verse number 59, that reads like this. He said to another man, what's the phrase there? Follow me. It's what we've been studying about for the last month. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, can we stop there for just a moment? If you said, hey, I got to go bury my dad, can I do that right fast? And Jesus were to look at you and say, let the dead bury the dead. How many of you would just feel like that's a little harsh? Does anybody? Okay. This is one of those verses people have struggles with because they think it's a little too harsh. But here's the truth. The truth is this translation is looked at as if the father is dead. But it's more likely that the father had not yet passed. And so what he was saying is this. He was saying, let me hang around and take care of my aged parent until the end. And when, when that's done, then I'll, I'll go and I'll follow you. So what Jesus really sees is he sees past this. Jesus is not opposed to people taking care of their parents. Jesus is dying on the cross and he looks out from the cross and says, Hey, Mary, mom, Look at your new son, John. John, look at your new mom. Take care of my mama. I mean, Jesus is doing the greatest work in history. Jesus is not asking this man to do something that he wasn't going to do. But what he said was, look, you don't ever know how long it's going to take. You don't know how long it's going to take for that to happen. Stop using it as an excuse. One great missionary that's been written about by many people was uh, sitting in Bible college and she had an opportunity to go and to do ministry. And as she was preparing to fly out, she received a call from her sister and her sister said, you must leave and come home immediately. And they said to her, if you don't make it home immediately, you'll never be able to see dad before he passes away. And so she is moved with compassion. She is torn. She says, Lord, I know you told me to go on this mission. I know you told me to go and care for these children. God, I know you told me to go do this in this far off Asian country. But God, now I'm being told unless I come home immediately. And if I go home immediately, I will miss my opportunity. Suddenly she felt overwhelmed. She felt compelled to go on the mission trip. Not only... Did she feel compelled to go? But she had the great joy then of having her family attack her and say, why don't you love us? Why don't you care for dad? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And she had to battle through every attack to keep walking in what she felt like God wanted her to walk in. And there's a, there's a message there, but I'm trying to hurry here. She had to battle through every attack as she kept walking. And as she kept walking for what Jesus was had told her to do, suddenly she arrived and caused one of the greatest revivals in the 
history of that part of the world because God used this little woman who said, I'm going to follow the command of Jesus. But do you know who her greatest supporter was? Her daddy who did not die but found reason to live because of what God was doing through his daughter. Can I tell you today that the devil's trying to give you an excuse not to follow Jesus? The devil's always trying to tell you, you're too busy. There's a problem here. There's a problem there. You've got to deal with this. You've got to deal with that. And, and you go to read your Bible and the devil always shows up. Well, let me rephrase that. What you procrastinated about always shows up. Okay, help us, Jesus. But it always shows up. And when it shows up, we find the reason to have an excuse. And as we start making excuses, we end up in trouble. Now, there's this verse that we're studying here where Jesus is saying, hey, stop making excuses. Let those who want to focus on that, let them stay focused on that. But as for you, choose to follow the life that God has for you. He never tells him not to be good to his family, but he's saying stop allowing the excuses to hold you back. It's sort of like this one thing we're going to do today, and that's baptism. Baptism has more excuses about it than anything else. People will say to me, Oh, I don't have any clothes with me. People will say to me, I didn't get to gather my family for that. People will say to me all kinds of things to make excuses as to why they won't follow the first step Jesus has called them to follow in, and that's baptism. People are like, I want to follow Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. And the first thing he said was, you must be born again, and then you should be baptized. And here's what people say. Are you ready for this? They go, well, if I get baptized, my parents will take it as disrespect because they had me christened as a baby. Listen to me. You act like you're worried about disrespecting your parents. You were a teenager at one point. You were a professional at disrespecting your parents. Come on now. You're not worried about disrespecting your parents. You're finding an excuse not to follow in the paths that Jesus has let, called you to follow in. Well, so-and-so get mad if I get baptized. Let me just explain something to you. I understand that completely. I received a, a message one night that says, turn on Facebook. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been hacked. What's on there now? I said, what am I supposed to be looking for? And they said, your daughter's about to get baptized in the revival. And I, this is before God healed everything. And I said, excuse me? It's my job to baptize my daughter. I said, I will whip his tail. Y'all talk like that? Somebody go, no, not in front of the whole church. I said it. I will wipe the floor with that pastor. How dare he? think he has the right to baptize my child. And my wife said, just look. She shows me the Facebook post. I mean, I was headed to the church. And she shows me the Facebook post. And on live on Facebook, my daughter is in the baptistry and her tears are running down her face. 
And God's healing her heart and changing her life. And as God's healing her heart and changing her life, it suddenly wasn't about who was baptizing and whether or not I was there and whether or not it was at this church or that church or what mattered. All that mattered was that God was changing my child's life. Stop making excuses. And if you start growing for Jesus and start doing better, then you better watch out. Your family will notice that things are doing better. That's what it's about. Stop making excuses. Start following Jesus. Start following his path. Some of you are going, well, why? Let me just sum this up as fast as I can. Jesus gets in the water, and I've got this whole sermon wrapped up over here, and it's real pretty and real nice. And I tell you, you should have been at an earlier service to hear it, but I didn't preach it then either. But Jesus gets in the water, and when he gets in the water... John cries out and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And then he says to Jesus, You come to me to be baptized? I, I, you, I mean, I should be baptized by you. And Jesus makes a statement that says this, I do this to fulfill all righteousness. What Jesus is not saying is, I do this to get right with God, because he was already right with God because he was God. He's not saying I'm trying to get right with God. He says what I'm doing here is, watch this now, I'm identifying with everyone else and we're all going to walk to do what's right together for God. I'm going to show you something here. Jesus gets in the water, not because he needs to be made right with God, but because he realizes that everyone else needs to get right with God. And he says, I have to identify with you. I have to help you. Could it be that maybe, just maybe, we should not live our lives like hypocrites, thinking that we're better than everybody else, but the reality is that we're all sinners, and we all need Jesus, and we all need the grace of God. And so instead of feeling like somehow they've had it better than me, or I've had it, I've had it worse than them, I mean, all these things are, I'm better than them. Instead, we start looking at each other and realizing that we're in this thing together. Can I tell you one of the greatest things I ever heard? That the ground at Calvary is level. There is no one above and below another. There is no one who's outside of his reach. There's no one who has gone too low for his reach. There's no one who is too good not to need his reach. At the ground of Calvary, it's all level. And when it comes to baptism, we need to stop making excuses and start realizing what Jesus was saying is, I am the son of the most high God, and I'm going to identify with you so that you know I did this. You need to do this. Okay, I did this. You need to do this. I'm going to identify with you. Now watch what happens. The minute that Jesus is baptized, he identifies with you and I on a joint plane to say, we're in this together. I love what happens next. The minute he's in it together with the body of Christ, are you with me? We're the people that the, of the world. The minute he's in it with others on this level, the Bible says that he goes under the water, he comes up out of the water, and immediately there's a voice out of heaven that says, boom, this is my son, the one that I love, the one with whom I am pleased. 
All of a sudden, my goodness, I feel the Holy Spirit, what I'm about to say to you. Jesus went into the water to identify with us when he went under the water and came out of the water because he had went in to identify with us. Suddenly, his father identifies with him. Are you following me at all? When he said, I'm no, I'm going to walk where you walk. I'm be tempted like you're tempted. I'll know the affliction that you struggled with. I'll know the struggles that you're going through in your life. I'll know everything, what it's like to be stressed and to be tired and to be weary and to be hungry. I'll know all of those things. I'll know what thirst is like. I'll know what hunger is like. I'll know what you're going through in life. When he started identifying with us, all of a sudden God said, now I can identify with you. Can I tell you that one of the reasons that most of us never walk in the victory that God has for us, we're afraid to identify with God and we're afraid to identify with others. Why? We're not good enough for him and we're afraid they'll let us down. Can I solve something for you? You are not good enough for him and they will let you down. (laughs) You were right. But Jesus was good enough. And because Jesus was good enough, when we believe in him, he covers us with his grace. He covers us with his blood. And he says, you might not be good enough. You might have made mistakes. You might have flaws in your life. You might have problems in your life. But when you decide to identify with Christ and then you begin to identify with others, he says, that's, I can begin to work with that because you begin to realize I'm not better than they are. I'm simply need Jesus as much or more feels like then they need him and because I need Jesus and because Jesus said I will cover you I am now right with God hold on a minute could it be possible that you are the child he loves could it be possible that you are the child he's pleased with could it be oh I feel the wind of the Holy Spirit listen to that could it be possible That was good. (laughs) Does it be possible that you are the child in whom he wants to celebrate with the world? But here's the problem. You desperately want to be right with him. But he says in order to get there, you've got to look around you and get right with everybody else. Hold on, stop, stop right here for just a moment. Some of you are thinking, well, I can't go get right with this one or that one. But forget who's out of this building. Let's just start in this building. If I'm not in unison with her, I can't let the Holy Spirit flow through me the way that I should. Here's the revelation God gave me concerning this. When he got, when he identified with the Father and identified with us, it was then that the Holy Spirit began to move. Do you know what I used to tell Christina before I would go preach uh, very early on in our marriage? Now I tell her nothing because I'm afraid to awake her. But back then, I would say, you drive your own car and just let me get out the door before we even speak. Because can I tell you, and I'm, I'm hurrying here, the enemy would use that wonderful little lady. She would grow fangs and claws And we would fight like cats and dogs 
And then I'd have to come up here and say, Jesus loves you. And I realized something, that I could not have the Holy Spirit flow through me as long as I was ready to finish the fight with her. So here's what we developed in our home. I'd love to tell you we outgrew that. Now I leave before she ever wakes up. But before we get started in our day, I've realized so many times we must be in the right relationship in order for he and I to be in the right relationship in order for the Holy Spirit to cover us. Now, each one of these services has been different. But I don't know who this is, and I'm not, stop thinking I'm talking about outside this room and I'm talking about inside this room for a moment. If you can't walk and identify with him, it's probably because you can't identify with others. And if you can't identify with others, then you will never identify with him. And that's why when everybody else feels the Holy Spirit, you don't. That's why when everybody else says, I felt God, you're like, I, you know what? I just went to church. Because you're not identifying with him and others the way you should. Am I making sense to anybody? All right, we're going to pray. On every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment. Now here's the problem. Not always can Christina and I just avoid each other. Sometimes we actually have to deal with the problem. And my wife is wonderful, and I'm just embellishing on the fact that we argue occasionally. The reality is, the truth is sound. That if my heart's not right with her, it can't be right with you. And it's definitely not right with him. And if you can't look across this room and have compassion for the people on the other side of this room, then something's lacking in you. Some of you are automatically going to the impossible places in your life. Let's just go to the possible places right now. If you can't be moved with compassion for people that are hungry and children that are in need of diapers and then how can our hearts ever truly be passionate about worshiping God? Speaking to somebody right where you are. God wants to speak to you. God wants to change your life. God wants to heal you and deliver you. But too many times you say, well, let me go do this, or I, I can't get by this, or here's my struggle, this. And Jesus is saying in Luke 9, 59, stop making excuses and start walking for Jesus. Peter Marshall said it this way. He said, what if, a famous past sedent chaplain, he said, what if when we read something in God's word, we stopped and went and did it and didn't read anymore until we had accomplished that? If you know you're not right with God, today's the day to get right with God. If you know you're not right with others, today's the day to ask the Holy Spirit to heal your heart so you can be right with others. And what's going to happen is when you get right with God and right with others, then the Holy Spirit that you've been wondering why he hasn't filled you, why he hasn't given you a gift, why he hasn't anointed your life or why others feel, feel him in service and you don't, then he's going to show up because you're getting things in the right order. Without anybody looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed, let me just ask you today. If you're here and you say, Pastor, God's talking to me. I need to hear that. Can I just see your hand right where you are? 
hands all across this room. Thank you. Put those down. Let me ask you, how many of you know of something in your life that's keeping you out of being in the right relationship with God? And you know it needs to go. Can I see your hand? Hold it up high. Hold it up high. Hands all over this place. Put those down. I'm going to give you a chance to repent of those things and leave them right where they are. You're not going to have to carry them out of here in just a moment. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I know there's some areas in my life that need to be right with other people in this room, right with my spouse, right with people I love. And I want God's help with that today. If that's you, can I see your hand right where you are? Hands all over this place. Thank you. One last question. Maybe you're here today and you've never prayed this prayer with me before. And you would say, Pastor, I have never surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. But today I want to ask him. I want to identify publicly with him. And I want to ask him to be Lord of my life. I want to ask Jesus to become my Savior. If that's you, whether you're watching, whether you're listening, whether you're in this room, uh, I want to, I want some show of hands or, or respond online somehow. But if that's you, can I just see your hand right where you are? If you'd say today's the day you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ and make him your Lord and your Savior. Thank you. Is there another? Thank you. Are there others? Quickly looking around this room. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we would be born again. We start this process. The next step is we are baptized where we, we do that with him. But we're going to pray with the start of this with these few. Then I'm going to pray for all of you. And then we're going to go in and walk with baptism with several today. All right. So let's pray together in Jesus name with these that have made this declaration. I want every voice in this room lifted high. Okay. Jesus, by faith, I confess I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And in Jesus' name, from this moment forward, I leave that life behind. I declare that Jesus Christ, the risen Son of God, is now Lord of my life. I receive your forgiveness and your grace. And now and forevermore, God is my Father, heaven is my home, and Jesus is my Savior. Father, I pray for those that have prayed that, many of them for the very first time this morning. And for those that are praying as well for the different areas of their life that need to get in line with you. God, as they get in line with you and in line with others, miracles are coming to their house. And more than anything, they're going to be equipped by the Holy Spirit to do what they cannot do on their own. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, God, for everyone that's connected with this moment. Lord, as they repent of those things, Lord, they're leaving them at the foot of the cross. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Now, come on, give God a praise this morning. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.